Hold firmly, the scripture says. Hold firmly to the good news. That is the essence of what we hear today from this text from 1 Corinthians. Remember the Corinthians text. We were talking a little bit about this over the last few weeks. It's a letter to the church at Corinth. Corinthians, remember, wasn't necessarily a nice uh, term. People would say, oh, you're acting like a Corinthian and not in a good way, right? We, We remembered that. And so the church at Corinth was struggling. They were trying to get along. Some had brought their old ways into the life of the church, and they were trying to figure it all out. And so this letter comes to them from this author, possibly, probably Paul, and says this, Now I remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you in which you received, in which you stand, through also you are being saved, hold firmly to this message. Hold firmly to the message of the good news. What is the good news? What are we supposed to be holding on so firmly to? Let me tell you a little story about that. So many years ago, (laughs) many, many years ago, it seems like these days, when I was a youth pastor back in Pasadena, California, the youth group that I was in charge of had a big fundraiser, really just once a year. We tried to eliminate all those small fundraisers. We did this one really big knockdown, drag out fundraiser. Our fundraiser was saving seats on the Rose Parade route. Indeed. (laughs) Yep. And we did it for the seminary, actually, that I graduated from, uh, Fuller Seminary in Pasadena. And uh, they would bring their their dignitaries in, and they would sit in these seats that we saved. Now, you think saving seats on a parade doesn't sound that challenging. (laughs) Oh, no, it was very challenging. So we would save 200 seats on the parade route. And there were all these rules and regulations that we had to follow to make that happen. So if you happen to drive down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, uh, you will notice that there's lines painted on the streets. Let me tell you what those lines are for. It's for the Rose Parade. There's one line that's kind of closer to the sidewalk, and that's the first line you can line up against. You can't sit by it, but you can stand next to it. You can kind of chalk off your area around it, but you really aren't allowed to sit for the first 24 hours or so. And then there's another line. It's the red line. And there is something that is referred to as the rush for the red line. (laughs) And that happens at about midnight before the parade. And you have to have four people for every, uh, no, one person for every four seats. So that equals 200, that equals 50 teenagers. 50, we had plenty of teenagers. So we had 50 teenagers for those four seats. And so we would line up (laughs) and get ready And all those kids would have those chairs stacked next to them, and I would time it out, and we'd say, go! And at midnight, they would rush out to that line, and they would set their seats up, and they'd plop down, because there had to be one kid 
for every four seats or we would be kicked off the parade route. They were not kidding around about these seats. It was <laughs> kind of amazing, and now that I look back, kind of horrible, all at the same time. <laughs> for, for years, I hated the Rose Parade, and I didn't even want to watch it on TV, because I just had these memories of trying to take care of all these kids and making sure everybody was safe, and uh, it, it was just this long, drawn-out process. As a matter of fact, you would think that in Pasadena, California, you wouldn't get cold at night. But you know what? You'd be wrong. <laughs> it is cold out there. At one point, we even rented some of those big heaters. And we would have parents that would come by in vans and quickly unload the heaters for us. So we wouldn't freeze in our little sleeping bags as we slept on the gravel <laughs> right next to the road. I, I kid you not. So uh, interesting, right? Well, part of the fun of the Rose Parade route and, uh, and that time frame was right before they closed off the streets. Now, I don't know if they still do this, but back then they did. Right before they closed off the streets, there was kind of a little parade that happened before the parade, and plenty of people would cruise through those streets of all those crowds, and, and people would dress up. There was always a person who dressed up like Batman. And I mean full regalia, Batman. I'm not kidding around. I mean, he had like on, you know, the breastplate, everything. And he would stand on the sidewalk, and I would hear teenagers say, Becky, Batman's staring at me, right? And I'd be like, come on, Batman, move along. I mean, it was just the, the most funny situation. And people would throw, uh, you know, tortillas like Frisbees, and, and Frisbees like Frisbees. And it was just so chaotic. And, but what the youth group always looked forward to every year without fail and they would say have you seen him yet have you seen him yet was this man who would come by in his pickup truck and he would set up sandwich boards uh, those big um, kind of a uh, wooden sandwich boards and and scripture verses john 3:16, especially painted on the sandwich boards and he had a little speaker that he would he'd drive it was just him and he would speak through the little microphone on the speaker, and he would always say these kinds of things. Bible, Bible, read your Bible or go to hell. Bible, Bible, read your Bible or go to hell. You get the idea, right? <laughs> and then he would say, here's the good news. You're going to hell. Here's the good news, <laughs> right? Accept Jesus as your Savior, or you're going to go to hell. Here's the good news. And, and the kids were so excited to see him, I think, because... They wanted to call back to him, thanks for the good news. And they just couldn't wait. I mean, it was just the highlight, right? And they would wait, and then he'd come back around, and it would happen all over again. Thanks for the good news. <clears throat> and it was so funny, surreal, sad, as I think back on that a little bit. What is the good news? <laughs> well, you know what? Those teenagers understood that that was not the good news. They got it. <laughs> they understood that was not the good news. What is the good news? What is the good news that I'm supposed to be holding firmly to and you're supposed to be holding firmly to, as Paul writes? The scripture says it this way. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received and this is the good news. Are you ready? Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures. 
and that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, and then it goes on, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters, and it goes on, and Paul even says, and then he appeared to me. And he's, he's going on, the author of this is going on trying to prove what he's saying. See, it's these, here's all these witnesses, he's saying. Uh, all these 500 brothers and sisters saw him, and, and all these other people saw him. He was resurrected. Here is the good news in the most simple of terms, because the scripture can get a little long. Here it is. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. There you go. There is the good news. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, and this is what we are to be holding firmly to. Christ died for us, for our sins. Why? Because of love. Because of love. Because God loves you. And God loves me so much that he died for my sins. That is good news. And that is what I am to hold on firmly to. I am going to remember that God loves me so much. But he sacrificed everything on my behalf. This, friends, is really good news. That's good news worth talking about, as a matter of fact. You know what makes me really sad and honestly kind of frustrated? Is that the term good news doesn't really mean what we want it to mean anymore. We hear the term good news and we back away from it because we think, oh, that's someone who's maybe ultra-conservative, right? We don't even like to use those terms, right? That's someone who, who wants to tell me I'm going to hell, right? The man in the truck. And so we, we, we shy away from the idea that we're sharing good news. I want to reclaim that. I don't like that that term has been changed to mean something that I don't believe it is. The good news is that God loves you, and God loves me. That's really good news. So how do we hold firm to this? How do you hold firm to this? How do I do that in my everyday life? Well, I pray. I pray. I pray for you. You pray for me. We pray for one another. And in so doing, we show God's love. Pray. We come to church, either here or online, and we connect and we, we hear the good news, right? The scriptures. We let that soak into our souls. We encourage others. We cling to hope. The good news is that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected. And we celebrate resurrection. And we give thanks for that. That is hope. We draw the circle wide. We draw the circle wide. If folks want to be part of things, then bring it on. Come on in. 
You're part of all of the whole. We draw the circle wide. This is good news. Worth driving down the Rose Parade route and screaming about. <laughs> I have good news that God loves us all so much that he gave Jesus for me and for you. Let's hold firmly to our faith. Hold firmly to the good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Amen.